everybody, and welcome to This Is Gonna Be Good. <laughs> I'm Carol Scudder. And I'm Quinn Lamar. See, it's better when you say it. No, I don't think that's true. Yeah, um, I don't know. I think that we should, just, we'll just take turns, you know? You okay. do this one, I'll do the next one if we remember, because this that's is our fine. last episode before our break. Yeah, that's right. But if we remember, then I'll do it. That way we won't have to both be saying this is going to be good at the same time or right after each other. See, I like it when we both say it, but obviously you don't. So that's a creative choice that we have to work out. That's a little bit more chaos than I think is necessary in the intro. Um, You're probably right. Sure. That's just my personal opinion. I thrive on chaos. But welcome. Welcome back, everybody who is here to listen to us again. Hey, we yeah. were having a discussion about actually we were talking about a lot of stuff about states, and then we we're talking about mothers and weight and oh lord, I know, like it's a, it's a deep conversation. It my, is. My little sister has put on some weight since my father passed away, as have I, and my mother has been bringing it up, so she, like, messaged me, and she told me, like, you know, I don't like it, actually, I'm okay with the size I am now, and, you know, my mother won't let it go. Your sister's fine with it, it's your mom's My sister's fine fine with my mother's, like, being a mother, I guess, and bringing it up, and I'm sure my mother's doing it in the right, for the right reasons, she's just doing it in the wrong way, and it's not welcome, so that led me and Carol to talking about Mm -hmm. our mothers and how they are with, wait, I know it's not as bad for me and my mother because I'm a man, like you pointed out, and that is true, like, I won't get it as bad as my sister gets Mm -hmm. it, my sister's never really had weight problems ever. So this is almost like a new side from my mother with my sister. So It's awful. And for me, it was a lifelong freaking fracking problem. Well, starting at the fourth grade, somewhere around the fourth grade, I started getting a little, I mean, just gaining a little, you know, kids in the fourth grade, Mm -hmm. they often go through sort of a weird phase where all of a sudden they're just not as cute as they were. (laughs) And, you know, I had to start wearing a bra in the fourth grade, which was horrifying. Oh. Yeah, like an actual bra. I hardly, I didn't me even. Me too, actually. I had to start wearing them. <laughs> oh, no. I didn't. That's rough for fourth grade boys, for sure. Uh, I didn't even get like a, the training bra phase. I, I went straight into just like a freaking bra, like a Whoa. A or B or whatever. It was terrible. In the fourth grade, horrible. Um, so I was traumatized enough about that. And then, you know, you start getting just a little fat or whatever. I wasn't really fat. I was just in the fourth freaking grade. But my mom, started poking at me, harassing me about it and just saying things. And, and it just got worse and worse. And she would yeah. be like, well, you, you, you certainly are getting big. She'd say Ooh. things like that. You are really getting big. You're getting kind of big. That is so bad. It's horrible. And then like on the, within a minute almost sometimes she would be like, I've made some biscuits. You yeah, want some it's, biscuits? It's so, it's so weird. Like that's Dinner's like, ready. Got some fried chicken. Oh, that sounds good. Now you're making me hungry. But you want a little pound cake? <laughs> Always. You are getting so big. It's it's a very Horrible. vicious cycle. It's a very vicious Ugh. and almost abusive cycle. That uh, yeah. You know, my mother's not from the south, but my grandmother's from Alabama, so I have a lot of southern mm. influence, like um, in a lot of ways from my grandmother, like that. So like, there's a lot of that. It's but, like, not good for me. Like, I, I think I started to chunk up maybe like in the fourth grade. I also had to start wearing glasses in the fourth grade. That mm-hmm. wasn't fun. I was called Steve Urkel quite a bit. Oh, but I also hit my growth spurt, and then I wasn't. I didn't have any weight problems again. Uh-huh. But you know, this is like I've always known my mother's harbor some feelings about women who were a certain size. I yeah. have an aunt, my aunt Denise, who you know I, was my favorite aunt. 
she was a larger woman, um, not overly large, but she definitely yeah. be considered thick nowadays. And my mother just would like, if she got mad at her, that's the first thing she would say. She would call her, you know, fat this and that. And it it's not a really, it's not a pretty side of my mother. And I think now we yeah. reach the point where it's just unacceptable. Where yeah. like fat shaming is just not, there is no room for that anymore. So I think I might have to cancel my mom. No. So. <laughs> well, I don't, and I don't believe there's no room for it. There's still plenty of fat shaming, but but you're right. There's a I mean, trend towards stop towards trying to stopping stop it that. Is, is speaking out. I think a lot yeah. of times people like back in the day, there was some shame around it. They didn't feel like they had the right to be like, I like how I am now or to, oh, you know, yeah. whatever. And I think now we're pretty much, you know, we're not having that anymore. We're going to speak up and right. be like, you know, mind your own business or let me work that out in my own way. Worry about yourself. Like, that's my main thing. Like, my mother's diabetic. Yeah. Oh, She's right. diabetic and she doesn't eat like she should. And I'm like, mm-hmm. so what should I do? Should I get on you? Like, yeah, I can stand to lose some weight, but like, I'm not diabetic. I don't have high blood pressure. Right. I, I work out every once in a while, not as often as I used to, but, you know, like we're coming out of a pandemic, people couldn't even work out, you know? So it's like, you have to like... Or they could and they didn't, which is what I did. Or but, they could and they didn't. But, <laughs> but like, you couldn't go to the gym or whatever if that was Right, and I, I got my Peloton like way late in the game. Like, yeah, there are different things. Like whenever things get, get really hard for me, like, you know, things are getting bad, bad for me because you'll see me in the gym like constantly. Oh. Like I'll spend like months at a time or years at a time in the gym working through stuff. Uh-huh. But with the pandemic, I couldn't do that because I didn't feel comfortable being in the gym. My gym wasn't open a lot of the time. So that threw a different dynamic into my grieving process over my dad and, you know, same for my sister. But bottom line, if you're a parent, leave your kid alone about weight and, and you say that you think your mom's doing it more from a health perspective, and that may well be true. But that was not true for my mother, okay? You as much as I love her, I love my mother. But that was I, not about health. I don't think that in fourth grade, you were overweight to the point where your mother needed to intervene. Like, I think I should be clear Not at like, all, I wasn't. And and not and, and even more less so when I was a teenager. I look at photos of myself in high school. I was freaking quite lovely. Yeah, I think there's a difference between needing to intervene with your child for for health reasons as opposed to like either you harboring your own fat, like anti-fat feelings or just, you know, thinking like, oh, nobody else is going to find my child attractive or that's a different story. Yeah, no, she was she was embarrassed. She was worried. And she was also worried because I was developing kind of a playboy body like, you know, (laughs) um, and that was was getting stacked. That I was stacked for sure. And that was freaking her out. And, you know, I never felt confident. I always felt awful. I, I've went back to my childhood bedroom since, of course, you know, uh, and I realized only a couple of years ago that I've got like trick mirrors in there. I have, I have one mirror that's kind of a skinny mirror that makes you look a little thinner than you actually are. And I realized the other mirror is a fat mirror. So I don't look like either one of those mirrors, really. But the mirror that I looked at myself the most in high school in my bedroom, the the one over my like drawer thing, whatever the Chester drawers, is a fat mirror. I'm like, Jesus, did she install a fat? <laughs> I'm sure she didn't, but you know, there's fat mirrors and thin mirrors, and I had one mm-hmm. of each in my bedroom. No wonder I never knew what the hell I looked like. That's, anyway, happy Fourth of July. Happy Fourth of July, <laughs> and, and happy Fourth of July to mothers who don't sure. <laughs> fat shame their children. Yeah, God love them. <laughs> I don't know if I should celebrate 4th of July since I already had Juneteenth. So I don't really right. feel obligated to celebrate. <laughs> no, I, I, as usual, have mixed feelings. I have mixed feelings about every patriotic holiday. I have mixed feelings about the sort of performative things that we're supposed to do. And mm-hmm. 
I then I get pissed off because I feel like I'm not allowed to express like I want to express patriotism, mm-hmm. sort of. I guess <laughs> I don't really, but but I don't want to. I don't want to just be like the performative, like oh the flag and everybody. I, I got mixed feelings. Let's just put Amer- it that way. America's a tough sell. It's it, a tough it really sell. is, and I can say that I do feel like I told you, like I didn't know I was patriotic until I went o- overseas mm-hmm. and heard people like talk shit about America, and I was like, you know, wait a minute, like you know, I do. That's my country to talk shit about. That's my country to talk shit about, (laughs) not you. Like, you know, because, you know, the whole, like, you know, like, Europe loves to be like, you have no culture. Like, you know, Mm. your country's too new. You have no culture. And I'm like, (laughs) just because I'm not walking down a... 800-year-old street doesn't mean I don't have, you know, any culture. Like, this is America. Your culture is... Your culture (laughs) is my culture. So, like, stop it. (laughs) Their 800-year-old streets are their new streets. You know that, right? Right. Yeah. So, it's like... But they just think, like, you know, the buildings are, like, whatever. I'm like, well, I live in New York. The buildings there are, like, over 100 years old. And I feel like I'm saying something. But mm-hmm. um, So, yeah, I, I do have patriotism. And I, I'm actually used to celebrating the 4th of July because I grew up my whole life mm-hmm. celebrating the 4th of July. You know, cookouts, barbecues, going to the beach. So, it's kind of... I'm not not celebrating the 4th of July on purpose. I just don't particularly feel like doing anything today. We're just... A, we're <laughs> so, This nation is a work in progress that's all. And and there's this historian I really like, and I always forget her name, so I wrote it down. Annette Gordon-Reed. She's a mm-hmm. black female historian, uh, professor of law and history. And she talks a lot about these things. And she was talking about uh, that when she grew up in Texas, they celebrated Juneteenth really hard and Fourth of July really hard. And she was also talking about Back like right after the Civil War ended, right after slaves were freed, right, you know, in the eighteen late eighteen hundreds, when when they found out they were free finally in Texas, all that stuff, um, that the freed slaves started really embracing the Fourth of July like hard and celebrating it hard, not because they knew that all those promises in the Constitution were theirs already, but because they believed that it could, mm-hmm. and I think that's really. Interesting. Like they took that promise of, you know, uh, I suddenly forgot the words from the Constitution, but uh, it is self-evident. What is it? Oh my God, I'm a bad American. The, we 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 accept these truths to be self-evident. That's all not quite men it. are created equal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. They took that and were like, yeah, we're going to make that be true for us. I mean, well, yeah. At, <laughs> you at know, the time, it, they were like seen as like furniture. Like they were not. Yeah. I or, mean, worse than animals or you know but that they that they believed so hard i could i don't know like and this was kind of her point is that yes the founding fathers were very imperfect but the fact that they crafted such a document even though they couldn't really live up to it themselves cuz most of them already owned slaves or whatever but she thinks that's something worth celebrating um because it was it was a bold progressive thing to do back then mm-hmm. and so i that's that's kind of how I like to see it. Like I appreciate, I'm grateful and appreciative that that is what our country was founded on. And I want to hold it. I want us to be held to it. And the reason I criticize America is because I love it. And I don't think it's good to not criticize it. I think that's a really good way to look at like what she says. I think that's true yeah. for a lot of, in a lot of ways it's true. And I'm happy that she, I'm always down to like understand or at least um, of course respect what other people of color or black people think about America. Personally, I don't know for sure. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine mm-hmm. that I don't know which way I come down on this. Mm-hmm. Maybe one day that'll change. Maybe it won't. 
I don't know exactly what it is that I would celebrate about America, but I do feel like it should be celebrated in some ways. I'm still working out what that is. Freedom of speech is still good. We've mostly got that. Um, mostly, mostly. I don't, you know, I don't know. It's no, we do it's have that. Difficult. It's difficult for me to to pinpoint exactly what I want to celebrate, mm-hmm. but I do know there's something celebratory there, and I'm fine with because That's of good that. Enough. I'm fine with it. <laughs> sure. um, again, I guess this is a good time since we're talking about freedom and and uh, support and all that stuff. It's a good time to point out that you should support us Yay. by donating to Buy Me A Coffee. And that would be www.buymeacoffee.com backslash gonna be good pod. That would really help us to, um, I don't know, live up to our constitution of always just talking shit as friends Yeah, in our free time. So. If, you, if you contribute to that, I will memorize that part of the Constitution that I suddenly, <laughs> that I actually think I know better than I did, that I suddenly couldn't say anything about. I'll memorize that and I'll do it on another uh, episode. I almost pulled something like reaching to get that plug in, but um, I did it. You did it. I'm and we appreciate it. it. Please buy us so. a coffee. So, America, 4th of July. And the one thing I thought a lot about today for 4th of July, and then we can move on to another topic, is do you know that Louis Armstrong, or Louis, he, he liked to be called Louis, sorry, Louis Armstrong claimed to be born on the 4th of July? Um, no, I did not know that yeah. at all. He actually was not born on the 4th of July. He was born on August 4th, which, is that not your birthday? It's awful that is close. not my birthday. My Mine's birthday August 5th. August 1st. Yours is August 1st. Okay, right. I'll remember that from now Mm -hmm. on. So his is right in between ours. His was August 4th. Mm -hmm. And I think he was born in 1900. No, 1901. He lied. He he made himself a year older. He lied about that um, because he started performing when he was too young to be performing. Later, they found his birth certificate that proved his age. But his mother told him he was born on the 4th of July. Mm. And she told him he was a firecracker baby. And he didn't ever see a copy of his own birth certificate. It wasn't discovered until after he passed away. Uh, so he didn't know. And he just always celebrated the 4th of July as his birthday. And the house that he used to live in in Corona, Queens, has a huge 4th of July celebration every year in his honor. Um, they couldn't do it last year because of the pandemic. I'm not sure what they're doing this year. I think there's they might still be doing it uh, virtually this year and then getting ready live next year. But it's just a cool thing. So it sounds like his mother thought that it was July 4th, but it was really August 4th. I think his mother intentionally lied to him. Uh, and said that he was a month younger than Because he really she was. wanted him to have this special birthday. Oh, okay. I, I would think that if it was like not just exactly one month, like I really kind of think that she maybe thought that it was... Like they had... Um, people had access to calendars back then, right? Sure. So I don't know, maybe. I mean, they were real poor. He grew up in a really poor. So maybe poor... she just thought, like, she, like, went out and looked at the weeds and, like, oh, it's July. And it's well, not. <laughs> he's from New Orleans. I don't know how many they weeds They got weeds were. in New Orleans. They got weeds. but weeds he was a swamp. He was born, I think he was born in a whorehouse or something. He was born in a something, like a bar or someplace that wasn't great. Maybe it was his grandmother was the, so was his the mother a, a... I don't. Know if she was because then uh, I'm going to think that she would know that it was you uh-huh. know because I think you know sex workers are good with money and dates. Yeah, <laughs> so. I don't know the answer to that question. I I know that he had a really rough childhood, uh, but that he was loved, I believe, and and all that stuff. Mm, but that's um, great. I did not know that about yeah. uh, Louis Armstrong. I don't know a lot about him at all, really. He's um, amazing. I know he's very famous. I've grown up like seeing things about him and hearing stuff, but I don't really know. Mm-hmm. I'm a big jazz fan and 
Um, there was a song that he like is famous for, like "What a Wonderful World." It used to make me cry as a kid. So that song makes me cry, yeah, because it was played at my friend's funeral. He has a great song called uh, "Black and Blue," that is heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, think I, I've I heard of that. I just think it's it's there's something really moving about the way he loved this country and embraced it, uh, despite the way you know mm-hmm. he and his fellows were often treated by it, and he called them out on that too, like. He was a he was a brave man. He was an amazing, incredible person. I think that's true. Yeah, I can't believe like 1901. Like my grandmother, mm-hmm. my great grandmother was born in 1901. She passed in 2006. Mm-hmm. She was a really, really incredible person. But that's mm-hmm. like, God, that's so long ago. It's like, a long time ago, man. My grandmother, like by the time I was born, my grandmother was like already like. In her late eighties, like you know, she oh, was like eighty. Your great grandmother. My great grandmother. She was yeah. already like eighty-eight years old, and then like for her to live until like you know, I was basically an adult. Like I really got to know her in a lot of ways, which is just really that's cool. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's a long time. She lost my great grandfather. Like he died in like nineteen forty. Uh huh. Something like nineteen forty-two. So she like I just I found out I was doing like my ancestry and everything, and uh huh. Um, I was like going through her records to like find stuff about her and like my great great grandfather, who was um, a white man who owned like a general mm. store and like all this stuff. So then like that was like interesting to learn. Yeah. But then um, I found out I saw her like um, a marriage license from her, and I was like, okay, here she is getting married. And I was like, wait a minute, that's not my grandfather's name. My great grandfather's name was Theodore. And it was this man named Robert. I was like, who is this? And I'm like looking. She got remarried in like 1961. I had no idea. The marriage, he died in the early 70s before I was even born. Wow. She was only married to him about 11 years, maybe 12 years. And nobody even told me that my great-grandmother had a second marriage because it just came and it was gone. I was like, wow. That's pretty amazing. Because I like asked my grandma, I was like, who is Robert so and so? And she was like, Oh, this is Grandma Hazel, you know, second husband. I was like, I had no idea. Oh my God. <laughs> None. I thought I was going on telling people that she lost my great grandfather in the 40s and she stayed alone the rest of her life. Wow. What do you know? <laughs> what thought happened? Great grandmother anyway. was continuing to live her life. Hey, 160 years is a long time to be alive, I see. Yeah. So, um, I guess say. we can get to these uh, current events. You want to take oh, the first one? I think you want to talk about it. What a week it was. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting that it's the 4th of July and the Supreme Court apparently hates voting because mm. um, they voted to uphold the stupid Arizona uh, laws, whatever, that to restrict, to restrict voting. Six to three. Yep, exactly. Mm. So that was gross. Not could not be less surprised that it was thoroughly unsurprising. It's just disgusting. And uh, I don't know. Push back. I don't know. Pack the court. <laughs> yeah. Well, we need to change the dynamic of the court because we the court's already trade. been packed. What we actually need to do is unpack it. Packed it. Repack it. We need to so that's the thing. That you know, we let them take these terms and we let them use you know, we let them decide what language we're gonna use around this this. And they they and they always accuse us of doing the things that they actually just did. They packed the court already. That's why mm-hmm. there's a six to three majority of conservative judges, justices, whatever, on the court. So it's already mm-hmm. packed. Needs to be unpacked. That's all I have to say about that. Mm-hmm. So that pisses me off. So that happened last week. And uh, Bill Cosby freed. I think people were a little... Cute. A little what? Oh, wait. I lost you. Again with the technical... Oh, wait. I can't hear you. What? 
I think that they were a little confused. We said free Britney, not free Cosby. <laughs> yeah. It, that they, they the 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 current that event was, the current event guys misheard, I guess. That was a shock to me because I I had no idea yeah. that was even something that was about to happen or could happen. No. I thought that was done. It's, it's a huge okay. miscarriage of justice, in my opinion. And for me to say that as a black person in which Bill Cosby meant a lot to me. He meant a lot to right. my family. He meant a lot to a lot of black people. But, you know, right is right and wrong is wrong. I feel, I do feel a little something because, like, you know, we have him... You know, this is one of the biggest rich black men getting off of something since OJ. Yeah. And there was a huge backlash behind that. Yeah. So, like, I'm also thinking about that. But then it's like, you know, Woody Allen and Roman Polanski are just sitting right there. You know what I mean? It's like, so part of me, like, I feel torn. Like, I want them all to go to jail. Sure. And it's like, I really want to be upset about him. And I am upset about him. But then, like, and then it made me think about Weinstein. Mm. So it's like, I, well, he's not going anywhere. I think I think he's solidly in jail or prison. I, I do. They but both should be. They should be. But Cosby apparently, a prosecutor gave him an immunity deal if he would testify in the civil case uh, of Andrea Andrea Constan, the woman that that actually finally got him in jail. And somehow the statements he made there, he was supposed to have been promised immunity. And then they convicted him anyway. So technically, that was a miscarriage of justice. But actually, no, <laughs> it's a miscarriage of justice that a man who's been accused of drugging and raping 60 women. It's disgusting. It's, it's, it's really it's, upsetting. It's just, I mean, thinking back on Bill Cosby, you know, it's like, you know, he was so, you know, about respectability politics, telling people to pull up their pants. He wouldn't curse in his act. He he would just rape. It's, yeah, exactly. It, I would rather have him cursed, actually. I, I would have rather he was a, as dirty as Red Fox. God exactly. His dirty old soul. That's, I would rather that. It's, and you know, it's not even that that's really a big deal. He was funny enough to do whatever. And, he know, was very fine. funny. But that's when I started to actually dislike him is when he started that that pull up your pants bullshit. Like that's that when was, I started to turn on him and be like, wait a minute. I used to like you. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. It was out of touch. It's, I have a lot of problems with Bill Cosby. Super arrogant. Super. And apparently he's a sociopath because he I, doesn't think he did anything wrong. For honestly, I thought that COVID would get him. I didn't think he would yeah. even survive in prison. I was like, yeah. oh, like he's already old as hell. I was like, he'll probably die there before he can appeal or do anything like that. Like I thought it would be for the best if he did. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, no, I wouldn't have minded. Sorry. Now he's out again, all cockeyed and fish-faced and back <laughs> in the public. And I'm like, what are you going to do? You're out and what are you going to do? Spend the rest of your life in seclusion? Because like, you're done. Like He's you're- trying to perform again. And his horrible white lawyer, who was one of Trump's lawyers, by the way, uh, is trying to play this off as some kind of like great, you know, for race, uh, a great victory for black <sighs> justice and all this stuff. And it's like, no, some... What about the black women that he drugged and raped? It's more of a like There's a whole, white women too, but there was a you know. It's more like a whole this this horrible Ugh, system bullshit. that benefits men can now benefit black men sometimes too if they have enough money. Like Terrific. it's like it's not that it's racist; it's just about if you have enough money. So yeah. it's whoa, um, it's it's bad. I saw a pretty dark joke that R. Kelly's trying really hard to get a. Cosby's lawyer on the phone. It's not I made my a joke. joke that probably wasn't in good taste. I said that Bill Cosby's Juneteenth came late. Now, and I said 
Finally, that hilarious rapist, Bill Cosby, is free. Oh, God. I, that was a good one. <laughs> we didn't need this. We didn't need this now. Like no. we, we have enough going on. We did not need no. Bill to be freed. And it was very upset. I feel like it set back women. <sighs> it it yeah. set back a, a lot of things way yeah. more. I, I still don't really know what to say. I just it's uh, there's. I don't know what to say either. I just hope there's going to be civil suits. I hope he's just going to be sort of tortured and poked at the rest of his life and not get any peace. But, you know, I, what I thought would make me feel better, of course, is Donald Rumsfeld died. Um, Should we slow clap? <laughs> sure. Just- Sorry. To be like, oh, I'm glad such and such dead, died, whatever. But I have n- really nothing good to say about Donald Rumsfeld. So I don't think anybody does. That's going to be a yeah. tough funeral. Do you know, I have a fun fact about uh, Donald Rumsfeld. Do you know the name of Donald Rumsfeld's vacation home? No. Well, how about this? It's called Mount Misery. And he bought this home in Maryland. The home is a historic home. And what it was known for is that the man who lived in it was called a slave. I do not have that man's Mm -hmm. name in front of me right now, but I, you know, I I want his name to be forgotten. So, yeah. Frederick Douglass was one of the people sent to this man's house to break him. But he was famous for breaking slaves. That was like his job. The people send their difficult slaves to his house and he would torture them, basically. And Frederick Douglass was there for like a year being tortured by this horrible man. And he ended and up escaping. they would do terrible things. They'd oh, terrible things. Them, yeah. Beat, rape, make them stand in water and just all kinds. Of, it's like torture, torture, you know? And freaking Donald Rumsfeld purchases this house with that history and lives there sometime. Like he just sold it in 2019. He spent a lot of time there. What kind of a freaking monster would buy a house with that kind of history? Well, Donald Rumsfeld, who loves torture himself. I mean, it was so like, like if somebody I wrote hope, that in a, go ahead. It just doesn't. I, I don't really, be, you know, I'm not a terribly religious person, but right. I like to believe that people like him are in a place so far down deep in hell that is yeah. actually freezing cold. Sure. Fine. If there's a hell, I hope he's in it. I want him to be so deep that it's ice. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Not even hot. Yeah. Wow. Sure. Isn't that gross? That it's, is disgusting. It is disgusting. I so, had no idea, I, and I hated him for my own reasons. This is just this is just like I, this is an embarrassment. Yeah. Of riches and reasons to hate Donald Rumsfeld. I have a friend who lived down the street from him, and he was a mean asshole. He was the, he was the man in the neighborhood that everybody was afraid of. Well, thank God he's dead. <laughs> Yeah, I have to say, thank God he's dead. Yeah, so that's just a little thing to think about. And the good news about that house, Mount Misery, is that the state of Maryland is trying to buy it and make it a historical site and make it a museum about all the horrible things that were done there. So hopefully, well, you know, but it, it'd be better for it to be that. Than somebody's own personal home yes. so they can, yeah. I don't know, Think about the misery there and touch themselves. I don't. Yeah, I, exactly. Whatever. I mean, that was the actual name of it. That's what's so astounding. It's like it wasn't even called Breezy Trees Point or whatever. No, it was called Mount Misery. He was not going for rebranding. He was not. No, it wasn't. It's disgusting. So that happened last week, too. It was a crazy big week. What about you? Do you have something you want to talk about? Oh, I do want to talk about Lil Nas X's BET performance, which caused some uproar. It was very sexually suggestive. I, yeah, I know a little bit about this, but not enough. Please fill me in. He made out with men on stage. Now, this is the kind of shit that I've been waiting to see since I was in high school. I wanted to see some male pop diva who was going to put Madonna and everybody else to shame. Huh? And it seems to me that's what we're giving with Lil Nas X. And I'm actually very much okay with it. Sure. 
I like that he's shaking people up. He's had a lot of haters. There is a lot of homophobia out there. Yeah. And not just in, you know, the one community, in the African-American community, there's a lot. I personally believe that from my own experiences that there's a lot of homophobia that is not addressed. Mm. And a lot of it, in my experience, is from Black women. I personally have experienced a lot of homophobia from Black women. I've seen it time and time again. And, you know, I don't want to be the person to be like, oh, you know, let's dump on Black women because it's not just them. But it is something that I don't feel like in the community we address enough. And it's a very hateful and hurtful cycle. You know, the Black community has a lot of broken homes. There's a lot of, you know, women who are raising sons on their own and they're gay sons. Mm -hmm. I know and have heard of countless, you know, single Black mothers who found out their sons are gay and put them out. There's all of this religious stuff that comes into it. It's a big problem that I think we should talk about. And it's what I saw a lot um, in the, you know, the far reaches of Twitter Mm. regarding Lil Nas X. There were also other, like, musical artists who, you know, male, who said, like, you know, they didn't like it. They thought it was too far. Then, of course, they equated to the Madonna kissing Britney Spears and Chris Aguilera. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's let's act like these are the same things. Oh, so, everybody's always fine about women kissing each other. People come for him so hard. Like he, there was like somebody like, I think somebody tweeted that they're upset that children have Cardi B and Lil Nas X to look up to as success. And Lil Nas is like really clever. He was like, yeah, because me and Cardi B are like the only successful people in the world. So it's like, <laughs> they put a lot on him. Like That's because of that bullshit. performance, yeah. he, it's been called for him to like address, you know, um, condom use in the gay black community and then oh he's educating all that stuff. And I'm like, why? Like, why are we doing that? Meanwhile, right. people are out having like the baby or Nick Cannon, who's just had his seventh child. Why aren't mm. they educating people about condom use? It's like right. it's disgusting and homophobic double standard. Mm. And, and I hope he shatters that shit. Yeah, me too. He's so smart. And so is Cardi B. Like, I, I'm not a huge fan of her music necessarily, though I, I've come to... I think it's actually pretty fun, mm-hmm. her music. And she's just so smart. I just... She's smart. She knows herself. I'm happy that we live and in an age... funny. ...where you can be a creative and talented hoe if you want to. Like, if that's sure. what you... Like, if that's who you are, like, let's <laughs> yeah. be real here. Creatives, actors, um, mm-hmm. comedians, we're hoes. Like, we are. Like, and it's, and it's funny that, peop- that people act like we're not. Like, no, we're... We tend to be exhibitionists all around mm-hmm. and like because of like image and all this stuff like people have had to like hide that for years you can go back marlon brando like all these people like mm-hmm. these are people who own their sexuality they were performers they were talented we shouldn't have to we shouldn't have to hide that anymore and I'm which is it should don't. just be celebrated because it it's should. very hard to own your sexuality it's very hard to just it's hard to reveal yourself it's hard to perform i struggle with all all manner of anxiety about performing mm-hmm. um you know, and I think we should celebrate anybody that's brave enough to put themselves out there. You can evaluate I, their work, but evaluate it on the terms of, that, of the exactly. work. The way we have to do with like bigots who are still being taught in schools. We have to separate mm-hmm. the artists from the work. So that's the same thing. I love anything like, you know, Megan Thee Stallion. She's all great. Of that. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. Do that. If that's what you want to do, do yeah. that. There should be no problem with it. So yeah. that's my... Fully um, agree. Um, Go Lil Nas. Lil Nas. Um, Trump organization and CFO 
Weiselberg yeah. indicted. You go ahead with that. Well, that's Carol. just a good thing, too. We kind of ping pong back and forth last week between, oh, crap, Supreme Court voting rights. Oh, crap, Bill Cosby, what? Oh, Rumsfeld's dead. Oh, oh the Trump organization and Weiselberg got indicted. Well, okay, well, that's good. That was kind of mm-hmm. my uh, take on it. But, uh, you know, I hope we're not going to be disappointed again because there's so many times it seemed like, okay, finally, now they're, now they're going to get him. Now they're going to get him. I do think there's a pretty good chance this time because they've got so much stuff. Like they there's have, so much, they have his actual taxes now. There's so much, but it's like, you know, I don't, a lot, in a lot of ways, like people wanted Donald Trump to go to jail. Like for me, it was a lot of like Hillary, like lock her up, lock her up. It was kind of like, you both want them to go to jail. And I don't really think either one. Well, of them but Hillary didn't do anything that deserves know, going to like, jail. <laughs> and even though he does, I still don't have any faith you know? that he will go to jail. You know? I'm not, and I'm not, I mean, I would love for him to go to jail, but what I, what I want even more is for him to just be held accountable and taken down at least a few notches. I mean, his diehard fans are clearly never going to believe anything like no they're in such Did a you separate see his rally in sarasota mm. i saw some of it uh, fun fact sarasota florida is the circus capital of the world oh. which i think is kind of fitting for mm-hmm. donald trump's rally yeah um because he's more barnum and bailey than hitler i mean people he, got pissed off of, well, absolutely we, we can I, I only i only ever compared him to hitler to say not that he is hitler just to say like he is using very similar communication methods and hitler and was also an inept style. ass like he also yeah. was very incompetent which yeah you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. good. But when you have an overinflated sense of self, you can never live up to that. That's just yeah. the way it is. But Trump's deal is basically that there is a sucker born every minute and he he's living proof, you know. He, that he is. Um, so going into that, because I, you know, I don't watch Trump rallies, but I do like to know things that happen at them and things uh-huh. that go on, you know, because I, you know, I just do. And please tell me what happened. Well, one of the things was <laughs> that he was, the, you know, the Midas touch, the... Twitter people, they... Wait, what? Is it Media's Touch? I think it's Media's Touch. I can't remember which one it is. Oh, I don't even know. So this is like a platform, an organization or something? I don't even know about it. Okay. Oh, you froze. Damn it. So it's kind of like the Legion Project where they basically make ads and they target people. So they hire like this plane to like do like this like... I I don't think it was skywriting. It might have been like a crawl where they basically went over rally and said loser palooza. And that started trending on Instagram, which, you know, okay, that's funny. Yeah. That's fun. Sure. But during his speech, he brought up Ashley Babbitt, the woman who was shot and killed in the Capitol on January 6th. And he asked, you know, like who shot her? Uh, Why, you know, why does she have to die? Why are so many people from this January 6th um, insurrection still in prison, but nobody that was burning this, the, the cities Ugh. is in jail? And God. he did that whole thing. And it's like, you killed Ashley Babbitt. Like, mm-hmm. the people, like, of all the people exactly. responsible for her death, number one is her. Yeah. The second okay. is you. Yes. So it's like, to me, it's just like, so now you're going to get these people fired up and they're going to get want to get justice against what? A Secret Service person who is protecting the vice president that you sent people there to kill? Yeah. Like, it's, and these people, what do you do with that? Like, I really don't know. Don't what, know. what do you do with that, with people who are that the false? The false equivalency is just freaking fracking mind-blowing. If, if I get stopped by the police, I have to comply or die. And even if I do comply, I could still die. Yeah. But I comply or die. Ashley Babbitt can storm the Capitol, not comply at all, and her death is a miscarriage of justice. What the actual fuck? Yeah, yeah. Well, he's obviously just bullshitting. That's the thing. He's, he's just 100% 
bullshitting. He knows that, but his people don't know it. And that's the scariest thing about him. It's not, it's not Trump himself. It's Trumpism. That's the scary thing, really. It's, it's, it's like Hobby Lobby with that thing that they came up, that statement saying that America should only be ran by white Christians, basically. Like that is all, <laughs> it's all in that same bullshit. It's just, they're on the same team. So they're allies and it's just. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm so sick of that faction of our population that, that just keeps screwing everything up left and right. Like one funny thing though, I read um, yesterday, no, this morning, maybe anyway, it was about uh, in 2020, the the Trump Trumpies did that whole, a bunch of boat parades, flotillas Mm -hmm. down in Florida a lot, but in different places with their big flags and stuff. I didn't realize this, but there were tons of accidents associated with that. Oh yeah. Did you know that? Thousands and thousands of dollars. It's hilarious. So much. Like I laughed at it. It Because they they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. They were like running their damn boats into each other because they couldn't see because there were flags in their faces and people were falling off the boat and And stuff. And people are still flying Trump 2020 flags. It's not even 2020 anymore. And you lost. And it's just like, you're still flying that flag. Like it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. No. No. Did you happen to watch, and if you didn't, you should, the New York, or at least I think everybody should, actually. The New York Times put a special thing, um, video show. I don't know what you call it, but it's on their website. It's a 40-minute video report. That's what they call it, that they put out mm-hmm. that is combined. It's it's based on all the research they've done since January 6th, taking all kinds of clips and um, sort of hyper-focusing on them and, you know, trying to really zoom in and see who's who and and pairing those with blueprints of where they came in, this and that. It's incredible. It's a 40-minute thing of of the uh, the January 6th invasion attack on the Capitol, and it's just, it's just kind of amazing to watch it. And I felt like I needed to watch it before January, before uh, July 4th. I did see it was on there because I have, um, I have the New York Times app. Yeah. So I saw that it was on there, but like I didn't, I was reading other articles. I did not watch it yet, but I will watch it. It's pretty I usually, great. I usually like lay in bed. Um, usually it's like once a week. So I probably should have did that. I usually lay in bed like Saturday or Sunday mornings and like consume all of the huh. political news that I'm going to, because like I can't do it during the week. Right. I have to do it like, I have to do like one, I have to do dumps. Okay. Information dumps like once a week so that I don't get, my engagement with politics has dropped at least 50% since Biden got elected. And yeah. I'm very happy about it because like before that, I was like hanging on every word that was said about the election about yeah anything. So I'm I'm really loving this lack of engagement, but I did actually see it, but I didn't press play. I will watch that probably later today. My engagement is picking back up because of the threat to abortion rights, the threat to voting rights, the mm-hmm. threat to the environment. Like I, I, I'm, I'm getting back. I'm getting, mm-hmm. I'm getting the band back together inside my head. Um, because <laughs> I want to, you know, because the mid, I, I, I want to, you can hang out a little longer. That's fine. I'll keep an eye on it for you. No, I I will just come out of the corner when I need to. Like, I yes. will get the information I need for the things I need. And then I'm just going to hit it and quit it really quick. Like, I'll okay. go vote the way I need to vote. Like, I didn't understand rank choice. Researched it. Went and did it. Boom. Yeah. Like, I, that's the way I'm going to do it. I can't get enmeshed. That's cool. In politics like that again. I can't do that. And I'm not, I'm not doing that again. You don't need to. You I'll don't need to. I've got it. I've got it covered for you. And it's... It's the way I have to handle like police shootings. Like I can't be in it yeah. too much. I have to know and I have to be aware 
but I can't be completely um, and you know, I thought, by it anymore. I thought about it a lot when I was I listening to, to our, piece. when I was listening to our show last week, it took me a while to understand how, when you finally just said like that Chauvin trial, all that, that whole story, the George Floyd story really triggers me. Cause I was, I was, it took me a while to, for that to really settle in my head and, and hear you say that and, and understand how differently you you have to see that story then compared to the way I see it, you know, because it mm-hmm. it's, and I feel like that even ups my responsibility more to like dig deeper into it. Like, yeah, Quentin shouldn't have to watch that all the time. He shouldn't have to read all that stuff unless you want to, but you know, of course it's more painful mm-hmm. for you, you know? It so took I don't me know. so long to finally watch that video. It took yeah. me, I knew what happened. I saw clips, but to watch the entire video, I did not watch it Ugh. until, I didn't watch it in, in its entirety until the trial yeah. started. Because I wanted to know exactly as the trial went on and what I was hearing about, I, know, I wanted to know exactly what the circumstances were yeah. and all of that. And that's what I did. But until then, I did not watch it. I just, it's I so cannot, awful. It's so awful. I and now I'm, it. And, I'm on the train now of like, they need to stop playing it. I think everybody has mm-hmm. seen it now. I don't want them to get rid of it. I want that to be preserved. I mm-hmm. want that to be something that everybody Hell, I, has I, to see. But I saw it like a year later. I saw it like almost a year later. So yeah, it, it, I mean, I guess there's a need for it, it to be there. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 tough. I Yeah. It, it, it protects my peace. Like, I just have to, like, that's what I have to worry about, like, doing things that, you know, like, when I, when I play video games, I don't play it on hard anymore. I play it on normal. That's protecting my peace, baby. I'm not upsetting okay. myself unnecessarily. <laughs> like that's like my yeah. that's my like my mantra here. I'm not gonna make things any worse on me than they have to be. It's smart. And that's just how I it's how I get through. It's, it's to smart. me, it's like literally because like I cannot go back to like 2020. I was like yeah. white knuckling it. I, I can't do that anymore. Yeah. But well, that was code freaking red. I appreciate you know? your boots on the ground. Thank you. I feel like I have to stay code red. To a degree, I'm not code red right now. I think I'm code orange, even though I probably should be code red. I'm trying to, because I think I can maintain code orange. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, the self-care is important and I want to remember to do that too. I yes. will always be informed, but I just can't be. Yeah, yeah you're um, informed. So I, I don't think you're not. What else? I will, let's move on to Shikari Richardson. Yeah. And her not being able to run Damn in it. Tokyo. It's Tokyo, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, this story pisses can, can me off. Can we talk about to it? Pisses no me end. off too. If can we talk about how tough we are on professional athletes? Yeah, like especially Olympic like medalists and like why are we so hard on these? As people? if they haven't already worked. I mean, they they they've already put in the hard work, like the seriously hard work. Seriously, while we're sitting around, you know, just pounding diet cokes or whatever. I don't. I don't pound diet cokes. But, I you mean, know. She, she, you know, she, if she's able to do that, like she smokes weed and she's able to achieve what she achieves. I smoke weed. All I can do is justify not working out, um, <laughs> ordering a bunch of food. Well, and didn't she say it was, it was sort of in response to her father dying or something? It's not like she she's said a, it was like, a she's not a big pothead. Thing. Yeah. Right. If she had been taking antidepressants, it would have been fine. But because she's taking something that's herbal and natural, it's a problem. It's like, but and they're like trying to make it seem like it's performance enhancing. It's, it's not performance enhancing. Quite the opposite. If smoking weed was performance enhancing, I would not be sitting here. I would have written the greatest novel ever seen already. You know, <laughs> that is not what this is. No. It's, to make it seem like people only use smoke weed to like just get high and like whatever, 
that's not true. I mean, that's what I do. Uh-huh. But it also like really manages your stress. It manages your depression. It manages a lot of stuff like that. And well, it's not that different from alcohol. That's the thing. Not, if anything, it's better. I mean, I have a low tolerance for pot, so pot is harder for me to deal with than alcohol. But it should not be it it, it should not be treated this way now. I mean, the, the let me tell you, weed hmm. is the only thing that got me through the pandemic. I believe you. It is the only thing that kept me from that and what was going on with the insurrection. It's the only thing that kept me from losing my damn mind. Yeah. Was being able to just turn off everything, sit and smoke a J and look at my cat. Like that is what got me through. Well, it benefits a lot of folks, you know, and and we need to be smarter about this whole thing. And, and I, I feel I feel like she's being made an example of. She is using some old ass rules at that the expense the sh- of like, sh- for what? Yeah. For us to lose. Like, she's at the expense of us winning. Like, that's like, so we're going to own her. And it's just, I'm so tired. I'm so tired Mm -hmm. of all this. It's Mm -hmm. like. It's stupid. It is stupid. And Bill Crosby gets out? Are you kidding me? No, don't just not go there. (laughs) Come on. There is no justice in the world. Oh, it's just wrong. So, yeah, that's how I feel about that. And she's been very gracious about it. God love her. But She has. There's a chance she can still run, I think, the, is it the relay? Like, the. The four times a hundred oh my god uh, relay thing. She she might still be able to do that, but I'm so she, admiring of of her talent and ability, and she should not be treated like this. I saw a tweet where she said that you know I will definitely be running to represent y'all next year. Okay, so yeah, thank you. That's what I, I mean, one of my favorite things is watching black people shot at the Olympics. Like that was something that I. They really pissed off a lot of people during Trump's, like when he around that time, because like that's you know when we had him, like black people were like winning even in swimming. Like uh-huh. it was like what black people really showed their asses that Olympics, and I think that that really fueled a lot of MAGA hatred and all of that. But I love seeing that personally. Yeah, agree. I mean, of course I would, but I mean, so I guess it's time that we move on to the is this going to be good portion of the show? Yes, definitely. You want to take? You want me to start? Okay, fine. Yeah, for some reason I'm good at starting this. I'm not good Mm -hmm. with opening the show. Apparently, I got to work on that. Um, Quentin, is this going to be good? Lavar Burton might be the next host of Jeopardy. I think it would be great. I know that he's he hasn't hosted yet. He's doing what in the late July, I think. Already supposed to be yeah, guest hosting late July. So I'm I'm assuming he's going to be good at it. Okay. I mean, he's I've been learning from. LeVar Burton mm-hmm. for a long time. You know, I was reading Rainbow in and hey. all that stuff. I think he, I think this is a nice next step for him yeah. and his career. He looks great. Um, let's get Kusa Kinte in there permanently. Yeah. And, and, and Jordy, what was his character's name on Star Trek? Jordy. Um, Jordy, I don't remember his last Jordy. name. We just called him Jordy, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. He's Loved great. Him. I love yeah. him too. And yeah, I just wanted to be the next host of Jeopardy. That's all. So you think it'll be good too? I do think it'll be good, beyond good. And I read an interesting article, an interview with him. uh, I guess that was in the New York Times too. Gosh, I read the New York Times so much. I must be really smart. Um, And uh, he was talking about what a bummer it was that his character, Jordy, never had a love interest. Mm. And he's freaking right. It was like a weird thing they did with him. Like, why can't the blind guy have a... Give, give the blind black guy a girlfriend, for God's sakes. That's true. I never thought about that. I mean, the show wasn't really about anybody having relationships, but but what's his name? Number two, he got to have a little relationships here and there. And 
Jordy should have had a family or a wife or a I boyfriend mean, there was, or something. There was like Deanna Troy and uh, mm. what's his name? I can't remember his that's name. That's right. I, uh, they, I just think of it as number two because that's what they called him. But that's right. They had a hot and heavy. That's yeah, he was right. second in command. Yeah. They had a relationship. I don't know why I can't remember his name. I'm very well into versed in the show. Will. But she is so funny because like. Name. Will was his yeah, character. I think it's funny yeah. because. I think it's funny because like it's clear that he would have been like if there wasn't for Picard, he clearly would have been a lead in in Star Trek. So like I think that for him to be second was perfect because uh-huh. it was almost like he tried out for Picard and didn't get it. So it was like <laughs> to me, I always thought that was perfect. Mm-hmm. I love a really confident, competent second in command, and that's always what he was True. in True. my opinion. That was a great show. I love that show. Us, uh, it was a great show. Okay, so what's next? What else is going to be good? Uh. Uh, you can ask I just me. see Felicia Rashad. <laughs> yeah, you have to explain this one. Come on. Okay. Well, yeah, it probably doesn't fit that this is going to be good category. But Felicia Rashad's reaction to Bill Cosby getting freed—did you hear about that? Mm. Lord, I woman? did. I saw it. it. If it's black and it happened on social you media, care I've seen it. <laughs> I also saw that Keisha and I Pullum, Pullum, who played Rudy, liked her post. Ugh, so come on. we have to. That's two problems now. So it's damn like, it, y'all, Rudy. Rudy, Rudy, no. Not you too. Rudy, two. go to bed. <laughs> Rudy, too. Exactly. Now I want to know what the son Rudy thought. Too. What was his son's name? Uh, Theo. Yeah, what's Theo think? And what about, uh, what's her name? The Vanessa. Older daughter. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <Vanessa>. Denise? Sandra? <laughs> Denise. Like, there was a lot of kids. Like, what there was. There about? was a middle child. There was, well, there was the one that, that, that uh, was married the to. Oldest, yeah. Lenny he, Kravitz. Yeah. The oldest but, was Sandra. And right. then the second... Oh, Sandra was hardly in the show, though. Yeah, she came late. Like, she was like a late addition. They basically, I read that they added Sandra to show what a child raised by Cliff and Clara would turn out to be. So they wanted to have an older child to show that they would, you know, basically raise a daughter who would be what she was like at Yale Law. I guess so, yeah. So it's it's Sandra, Denise, Theo, Vanessa, Rudy. And then later, oh, Vanessa's between, okay, Vanessa's between Theo and Rudy. That makes sense. I liked her too. Yeah. Show oh, Vanessa too. was the wild child. I definitely yeah. love Vanessa. She's the one that I remember. She took Cliff and Claire through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, okay. So, so for, I, no. this isn't going to be good for her. This isn't going to be good for Felicia Rashad. I don't think it's so. It's not a good look, not a good take. I no. love Felicia Rashad as most people do. Me too. But I'm, I hope this doesn't jeopardize her status on This Is Us because I've been enjoying her on This Is Us. But I've never seen that show. Should I be watching it? I like it because it's it's got some really great performances. That's how Sterling K. Brown, yeah, yeah, that's a hot man. Yes. Uh, how he, you know, he got his Emmy. Uh-huh. Uh, he's given some great performances. He plays like a, a professional black man. Several who's Emmys. Mental illness. I think he's one. Uh, yeah, more I think than he once. has at least two. Yeah, yeah. He's done great work there. It's a great show. Mandy Moore does a good job. Milo Ventimiglia, another hot man. I mean, there's eye candy. There's good acting. It's a family dynamic. But the only thing about it is like it's kind of like like I don't want to say like torture, but it's like you know, isn't it too uh, schmaltzy? Heart, it's like heart tug porn. You know, uh-huh, it's like uh-huh. they really want to make you cry. And, right. I don't cry at anything, so I don't cry. But, like, I watch it with my husband, and, like, I'll look over, and he's, like, bawling. Yeah, see, I'm an easy mark. I'm a, I'm a contact oh, crier. Oh, you'll, you'll definitely cry. I'll, it's a I'll, great it's a great cry from what I would gather. Mm, but I don't need to watch more things that make me cry. It's, a good, like, it's in a good way, though. It's not, like, a sad way, if that makes sense. Okay. I'll it's like a this is know. beautiful cry, uh, which, yeah. you know, has its merits. 
that like you know this is terrible this you know cry it's like no like you know nothing makes you cry beautiful. no like i don't <gasps> really i don't really I, okay so this wow. is what i'm talking about with my therapist i okay. grew up with a very like kind of rough like you know my mother was a gang member my father right. was a jock there was not a lot of room for weakness emotionally mm-hmm. <laughs> in my household so i learned or was taught from a young age to not really express um emotions uh-huh so that's just not your not your jam how to get it out. And, you know, I, I have cried. Like, I cried when I lost my dad. Like, you know. Yeah. But I don't usually get moved. I'm desensitized kind of to violence in television uh-huh. and schmaltz. Okay. Neither one of those things work on me. I'm like, like a I'm much more likely to, to cry than Peter. Peter will occasionally cry at something that we watch, but I'm I'm voted to cry like a hundred times to his one. And I want to be like that. I think it's beautiful. You look over and you see a man with that one tear that comes down and, you know, he yeah. touch. It's a beautiful moment. Yeah. And I just can't. You know, I'm more like, you know, can't talk, feel it, something. Yeah, mine's a little more like... It's just not... It won't... I get the face. It just face. won't, like, come out. And then, like, I think... I'm trying to think the last... Something did make me, like, That's what I was going to ask. Like, what, 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 was, what was it? It wasn't too... Was it? The last time I remember crying or, like, tearing up or, like, feeling that was when I was, like, younger watching Homeward Bound. Oh, my God. Are you kidding? And it's a yes. scene where... Where shadow finally comes over the hill, like limping. Yeah, no, I can't like, watch you know, that. That got me. Like that's like as a, and I was a kid watching it too. But that's like the last time I remember like watching something and just like uh, tear. Those movies destroy face. me. Old Yeller, holy mother of God! If you've never, don't watch it. If you've never, I've watched never it, seen Old Yeller. Oh my God, I, it's freaking heartbreaking. I saw Sounder though, and Sounder's kind of the same. Thing. Yes, also Mother heartbreaking. Blackie. Also heartbreaking. Have you? Here's a movie I, I can't. Good. I can't even watch. I literally cannot ever watch this movie, and I've tried to watch it several times. I can't watch it because I cannot stop crying the moment it comes on, and that's Elephant Man. Did you see that no, movie? I've never seen that. Apparently, no. it's great. <laughs> it's an incredible story. <laughs> and the guy, what's his name? I can't remember the guy's name. Very famous actor won an Oscar for it. Uh, and it's apparently great. It's old, right? Eighties, I guess so that's old for you, sure. And it was—I mean, it's a big deal. <laughs> I've play. never seen it. It's a big deal. Play too. David Bowie played the role on on Broadway, which oh. I really wish I'd seen that because he did it with no makeup or anything. Um, but which is astounding. Um, and so did what's his name? God, I cannot remember anybody's name. It's horrible. Who was in the last remake? Wasn't it uh, the last remake wasn't with Bar- it, uh, that guy with Barbara Streisand of? Uh-huh. Um, uh, Star is Born. That guy. Very famous. James Brolin? No. No, but that's Barbara Streisand's son. Oh, no. It's just, it's her husband. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Anyway. Yeah. Her, <laughs> it's her husband's Josh son. Brolin. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, isn't it? Oh, I know his name. Chris Christopherson. Is that it? No, but I love Chris no. Christopherson. But Chris, Chris Christopherson was in in the... Well, he was in the one with Barbara Streisand. Sorry. I meant the one with... Uh, I thought it was Daniel Day-Lewis. Peter's going to hate this part of the show. Because we don't know who we're talking about. I'm going to go to the the last remake. Thank you. The last remake of Star is Born was with uh, also very famous. To the internet. Huh? To the internet. Yeah, go to the internet. A star is. The the very last remake. I don't mean the the one with Barbara Streisand. I mean the, the last one. The most recent. Lady Gaga? Yes. Good Lord. That's the latest one, and then it was the one in 1976. Is Barbara is Barbara Streisand and Chris and Christopher? Christopher Star- I know, I know, but who was the one that with with Lady Gaga? That was Bradley Cooper. Yeah, so Bradley Cooper also played the Elephant Man on Broadway. See, there was no even reason even for me to mention that. That's what's Anthony so Hopkins. insane. 
was in the 1981. Yeah, he was. He did not play. That's the one that you cried at? Yeah, the 1981. Anthony Hopkins played the 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 doctor, I think. He didn't play the actual elephant man. The the man that John Hurt played the elephant man. Oh, yes, and he was so good. Whatever. Anne Bancroft was in it. I love Anne Bancroft. Yeah, she's great. And you still need to see a face in the crowd if you've never seen it. But um, I still have not seen that. I'll put that on the list. The Elephant Um, Man makes me cry. And I can't watch it. That was the whole point of that ridiculous long walk around the block. Um, yeah. Also, I'm a yeah. contact crier. If people near me cry, I will start crying. I've cried at strangers' weddings because other people were crying. It's crazy. Oh, okay. Well, oh, I hear the <laughs> fireworks. Happy wow. Fourth of July, Happy Fourth of July. All right. So one last one. I don't know anything about this. So Quentin, is this going to be good? The black, black TikTok, TikTok strike. strike. I don't know nothing about that. I think it's going to be good. So, okay. Oh, you were supposed to ask me that. You can ask yes. me. Um, it's already been asked. We're just <laughs> oh, gonna yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so, TikTok, um, I don't know if you're familiar. I think you should get on TikTok. I think, I think any strike is good. Is that what I should be doing, TikTok? Okay. I think you have some fun. You can come up with some cute little funny videos or whatever. Thank um, you. So TikTok has a tendency to like start trends. Like you can start dance trends, you can start all kinds of things. And black people on TikTok, specifically choreographers, have been basically choreographing like the songs of the summer. Okay. So like uh, they did WAP with uh, Cardi B and Mm -hmm. Stallion. They come up with these routines that they do in their homes or whatever. And basically... Uh, white TikTokers or influencers learn the move and copy it, and then they get deals. Like you know, they get on the Tonight Show, not the Tonight Show, but like you know, Late Show with Jimmy Fallon. Oh my god! Like you know, emulating these moves that they did not come up with, and oh, they no. basically get they make money off of black people's. So they get like sponsors. They get sponsors. And stuff? They get deals and all this stuff, and they don't do Crap. anything for it. They don't, you know, they just basically, oh, here's a high TikTok from a choreographer. Let me learn this dance. They do it badly, and then that's it. So, Megan The Stallion has a song that is the song of the summer called Thought Shit, uh-huh. and so. Of course, what would normally happen is that they would take the TikTok, they do all these different dance versions of it. White TikTokers would learn them, put them on their TikTok, make money, but they decided to not do so. TikTok has become incredibly boring to a lot of people because they can't do that. These influencers who do these dances now have nothing to do. I thought it was fun to watch what they're actually doing without the influencers, uh-huh. I mean, without the black people. And it's really bad and it's funny. Okay. But so they're doing this in a way to like get sponsors to pay them for their art, pay them for their work. Yeah. And a lot of people are saying how this basically mimics what is done to black people all the time, where black people create a culture, they create trends and they get no credit for it at all. They don't get any compensation for it, which Sounds is the reason familiar. why black wealth is not what it should be. And also because there is wealth to be made from it, it just never gets into sure. the black people's hands. Yeah. And also, you know, Black people get all the bad press for what they do, but none of the good press for what they create. So how long is this strike going to go on? I have no idea. Probably until they get their money. Eventually, a big part of TikTok is people like doing these dances and learning them and stuff. And if they're not on there, that's Mm going to make people not do it. Like they're not going to use it that much. The engagement is already down. So I think it's going to be good. I think it's good that these Black creative because these are creative people are making a stand to get what they deserve because there's no reason why 
these people, if there's money in this, there's money in sponsorships and for like, give it to these people who are doing the it. people who did this, who actually created the work, who yeah. actually created, who are doing this. Like, you know, this is a black song created by a black artist, and now black choreographers are going to make a song, a dance for it, and then white people take it and just make money off of this black artist and these black dancers and it's choreographers. So before. It's, it's ridiculous. It, that's something else that has to stop. So yeah. Well, it makes me think of Summer of Soul. I know we have to go, but uh, did you see that yet? We watched I it last not. night. Holy mother of God. You got to see it. It's 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 I've astounding. Do you know what I've it is? I to watch. I think it's about, it's basically what we're talking about. This is, well, this is Quest. Yeah, Quest Love made this film mm-hmm. of footage, recovered footage of what was apparently Black Woodstock. The same summer, 1969, they had this huge music festival called the Harlem Festival. Is that what it was called? I can't remember. Um, and we don't hear about that. We just hear about Woodstock. Yeah. And this was this was uh, an all-summer festival. 50,000-plus people came to it, and everybody in the world performed. I mean, everybody. It was like Stevie Wonder, Mahalia Jackson, um, Gladys Knight and the Pips. Uh, Sly and the Family Stone. Basically, anybody who's anybody, and it was just one after another after another of unbelievable musicians killing it, and and the sea of people, mostly black people, in it. Like it was beautiful. It's a beautiful thing, and luckily, uh, somebody. And it was it was actually put on by the city. Lindsay mm-hmm. May, Mayor Lindsay uh, was behind it and they brought him up on stage and he's great. Apparently I didn't know that much about Mayor Lindsay and I think it was CBS. I don't remember which channel, one of the channels, one of the TV channels sent camera people there when that, that's how this got recorded. Thank God. Um, cause they, they did amazing camera work too. And it was apparently hot as hell. Uh, but people just did it and God almighty, what an incredible show and incredible film by Questlove and it's great and check it out summer of soul yeah you'll love it you'll love it and you'll be blown away and why that didn't get any press is just nuts like it's nuts like (laughs) yeah I mean yeah it's yeah yeah this is exactly what you're right I mean it wasn't gross like Woodstock covered in mud and all that stuff I guess that made news I don't know I mean, Woodstock was cool. I'm not saying it wasn't cool, but it also sounded, every time I hear about it, it's like, God, that sounds awful to me. Like, it's <laughs> muddy and gross. And and now we know that it could have been done in a better way, probably. Yeah. The Harlem one wasn't muddy and gross. Everybody looked great. Not only was it not muddy and gross, those people were dressed up. Like, they looked amazing. Everybody looked incredible. That's how black people do it. I know. And it was like hot as hell, and they still looked like fine. It was like, oh my goodness, look at these people. It was great. I'll definitely be watching that, and I'll also watch. Yeah. What else did you tell me? Like, Face in the crowd. Okay. And you could see, you could do the crying test with the Elephant Man. Maybe, maybe the Elephant Man would break you. No, I don't. I don't think so. Make you cry. We'll, we'll see. I mean, probably not. No, probably not. We'll give it. We'll <laughs> give it a shot. You know? That's not as important as Summer of Solar Face in the Crowd. You don't need to cry. I'll cry okay. enough for both of us. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. I hope everybody thought it was good. We promised it would be good. So. Yeah. I hope it was good. Uh, I do want to remind everyone, if you want to support the show, please do so at buymeacoffee.com. That's www.buymeacoffee.com backslash going to be good pod. And give, give as much as you can to help mm-hmm. our labor of love to continue. We love doing this for you guys. And it would be great if we could afford to do so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> help us defray the cost. Please help us defray the cost. You guys, I hope you had a good 4th of July because it'll be after 4th of July by the time the show is over. True. I'm Carol Scudder. Uh, you can find me at 
Carol Dan on Instagram. I know, I'll change it someday. Uh, at Carol Scudder on Twitter. Don't need to change that. And uh, yeah, that's, that's it. That's it, right? It's the end so of the show. You can follow me at Quinn Lamar, at Quinn Lamar on Twitter or Instagram. And i like to remind you to continue to listen and subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. Yeah. And thank you guys for listening here and enjoy your holidays. We'll be gone for three weeks or so. And then we'll be yes, back. Yes, we'll be gone for about a month. So a we'll month. be back coming at you hard. Coming at you hard. Never left. Have a good vacation. Take care, y'all. Bye.